You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. Today, with all the voter suppression bits of legislation working its way through the various state legislatures, we are going to speak with the Secretary of State of Arizona. Her name is Katie Hobbs, and chances are you've seen her on television because she has been popping up every now and then. And honestly, the reason that I got her is I'm, I'm... I'm taking advantage of personal connections. Um, David's son, Max, his significant other works in Katie Hobbs' office. Yes, she works for the Arizona Secretary of State. And I keep seeing all these stories about where this voter suppression, these measures are going through in every state house, in every state house where the legislature is in session, like here in Florida and there in Arizona. These terribly suppressive measures are going through. We just came out of the best election in in recent history. The biggest outturn for sure, the biggest turnout um, ever, right? And and the least amount of problems. And and I ascribe that to the fact that so many of us used paper ballots, so the electronic voting machines were not an issue. Um, because that's where the fuck ups happen, right? Or most of them anyway. So now we're seeing so many of these bills working their way through various uh, state houses. And Arizona, let me see if I can't find the story I was just looking at. Um, Arizona seems to be among the worst. They, they have, Arizona leads the nation in proposed voter suppression legislation in 2021 with 24 restrictive bills working its way through the legislature as of february 19th listen to this statistic this is stunning state lawmakers have introduced pre-filed or carried over 253 bills with provisions that restrict voting access in 43 states this is how republicans react to the least problematic, biggest voter turnout election we've had in decades, if ever, right? Again, it all goes back to my whole opposite world thing. You know, it, it's just astounding the way the way it works. The whole opposite world theme is something I came up with, God, many, many years ago. 
um, long before Donald Trump, before he was anything other than a, you know, a carnival shill, a, a, a carnival barker, which really is is what he does. Did you hear he was on um, called into oh, he didn't call into Fox today. They called him. Did you hear this? So there's a woman. I don't ever watch Fox. So, uh, but I obviously, because through osmosis, I guess, you'll learn who their people are. And so this woman, her name is Harris Faulkner. Apparently, Harris Faulkner is one of the actual, um, uh, well, she is, she is um, regarded as one of the serious news voices at the Fox. Really? She calls uh, Donald Trump today and says to him, I, I'm going to see if I can't find this audio. I, I, you don't want to hear his voice anyway. Basically, in the middle of the call, she says, oh, listen to this. Um, Alejandro Mayorkas, the secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, just resigned. She's on the phone doing a live I hate to call it an interview, but, uh, you know, a live conversation with the orange one, you know, the former guy, I guess from Mar-a-Lago. He's one of the people that was allowed to stay there after it was shut down Friday because of a COVID outbreak. I'm not kidding. I couldn't make this up. True. Mar-a-Lago was partially closed um, on Friday because of a COVID outbreak. But again, you know, Donald Trump and and uh, malaria have both been inoculated they don't want you to know that because that would be responsible of them but before they left the white house they both got their covid vaccines after both being infected with the covid themselves and being sicker than they ever let on because what they do is lie you see how you go down this rabbit hole i just start i bring up his name and it just leads to one thing to another to another but he's on the phone with a harris faulkner who is a, a, a black woman, what she, why she's on Fox, I don't know. Then again, so is Arthel Neville. Uh, I don't understand how anybody, any person of color, let me, let me revise that even, any person with any integrity or self-worth could work over there, but I get it. Sometimes you need the job and you, you need the paycheck. So, but I don't think that's the case with these people. Anyway, he, uh, Trump is on the phone with Harris Faulkner, and she says, oh, the Secretary of Health and Human Services just resigned. And Trump says, well, that's a win for us or some such nonsense. Um, oh, here, you know what? I, I, I will play it for you just because it's so ridiculous. I'm just going to play the audio. Administration okay. has nothing to do with the mess you're watching now that are destroying our country and taking away freedom of speech and taking away people's rights. Oy. So here, here she goes. You know, I, I want to get to this because it's just happened now, and I want to double-check this with our producers. I want to double-check um, this? Then why the say DHS it? The DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas has resigned, Ooh, Mr. President. Your well, first. I'm not surprised. Good. <laughs> That's a big victory for our country. Hold, hold on. Let me, let, let me stop. Let me stop. Let me listen to my team one more time. <laughs> Maybe you should have Forgive done that me. in the first place. Forgive me. That has not Forgive happened. Forgive me. But, Oops. Uh, and I apologize. Okay. Listening Oops. to the team and okay. you. <laughs> but I know that you. <laughs> well, and I want to tell everybody, you issued a statement last night. What? And you called for that, though. And, and you're just talking about him, just to clarify, and as somebody who you feel is not competent to. Okay, so she goes on. So apparently this brain surgeon, 
oh, I'm sorry, serious news person over at the Fox network, you know, the not news network, um, must have heard that Trump put out a statement calling on him to resign. And her brilliant mind interpreted that as he resigned. And she says it live on television talking to the former guy who says that's a win for us. And then she goes, oops, no, that didn't happen. Um, <laughs> and she still has a job. And then then the, 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 <laughs> the conversation continues. I, honestly, I couldn't make this stuff up if I tried. So. The conversation continues. Let me see if I can't find this other clip because it's also, it's mind boggling. So, um, so she's talking to him and, and then this happens. No, it's, it's, it's true. And they, they have now officially done what they think they can do. There's more to come. We don't know what that will look like. Before I let you go, just real quickly, most presidents, ex-presidents like ex -president. yourself do not weigh Ooh. in at this level. Why did you feel like you needed to on this issue? Well, you called me. I didn't call you, in all fairness. But the reason I weigh in you is very simple. So, so he, issued a state, he issued a statement, and it's true. Most ex-presidents keep their mouths shut. They disappear. They go away for a while. They don't comment on what the new guy is doing, obviously. Um, this idiot, the, the former guy, has never um, gone along with the, the, the norms of the country, you know, the way things usually work when they work, he, those, those he don't, doesn't uh, uh, go along with. So she, he's like, she's like, why did you, why are you weighing in? And he's like, well, you called me. And, but he issued a statement the night before, I guess, calling on uh, Mayorkas to resign and she got it wrong. How is Fox still on the air? How does anybody still watch this crap? Why? And it's a rhetorical question. I don't really expect an answer, though. You know, if you want to answer, I suppose you can. I, 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 you know, so there's that insanity. Now, again, I only see that stuff because I wake up in the morning and I go through all the new sites and I, I, I check out to see what they're doing. And I, with that kind of crap, I don't understand how they stay in business. I really don't. I guess, well, how they do is... Um, by the people who watch and listen to the swill they produce. So last night, we watched this thing on HBO. I forget what it was called, but it's the story. It's the, it was the first episode of the big QAnon reveal, who these people are and how they came to be. And oh my God, the crazy is serious. I, I just... It's mind blowing. So we saw that after watching 60 Minutes. And on 60 Minutes, Michael Sherwin appeared. Now, Michael Sherwin is no longer with the administration. He was a Trump appointee, believe it or not, who was, I'm trying to remember actually what his um, title was. He was a, he was an investigator. Hold on. Let me see if I can get his, his exact um, title. He led the inquiry into the uprising, the January 6th uprising, he just stepped down. Now, Biden, the Biden administration had asked him to stay on until they could get someone in place. And thankfully, this was not your typical Trump guy. So here's Michael Sherwin um, on 60 Minutes talking about the complicity of Donald Trump. 
Has the role of former President Trump been part of your investigation? It's unequivocal that Trump was the magnet that brought the people to D.C. on the 6th. Now the question is, is he criminally culpable for everything that happened during the siege, during the breach? What I can tell you is this, based upon, again, what we see in the public record and what we see in public statements in court, we have plenty of people. We have soccer moms from Ohio that were arrested saying, well, I did this because my president said I had to take back our house. That moves the needle towards that direction. Maybe the president is culpable for you those think? actions. But also you see in the public record, too, a militia members saying, you know what? We did this because Trump just talks a big game. He's just all talk. We did what he wouldn't do. In short, you have investigators looking into the president's role. We have people looking at everything. They have people looking at everything. Sorry, there it seemed like there was some audio under that audio. Again, it's a Monday. I, I apologize. Um, and, and in one other part, um, there was an interesting question. The whole first part of the um, uh, leading up to this cut, they were talking about sedition and what sedition is and and um oh what's his name the the interviewer was asking well why hasn't anyone been charged yet with sedition i'm not a lawyer but the way i read the sedition statute it says that sedition occurs when anyone opposes by force the authority of the united states or by force hinders or delays the execution of any law of the United States. Seems like a very low bar, and I wonder why you're not charging that now. Okay, so I don't think it's a low bar, Scott, but I will tell you this. I personally believe the evidence is trending towards that and probably meets those elements. Do you anticipate sedition charges against some of these suspects? I believe the facts do support those charges. Uh... And I think that as we go forward, more facts will support that, Scott. This is going to be a long-term investigation. The Biden administration asked Michael Sherwin to stay through the transition. Now he plans to return to the Miami U.S. Attorney's Office. Oh, boy. What do you want people to understand about (laughs) this investigation? That we try to move quickly to ensure that there is trust in the rule of law. You are going to be charged based upon your conduct and your conduct only, not what you may have posted about uh, the election, not what you may have posted about different political views. The world looks to us for the rule of law and order and democracy, and that was shattered, I think, on that day. And we have to build ourselves up again. The only way to build ourselves up again is the equal application of the law to show the rule of law is going to treat these people fairly under the law. Yeah. Well, good luck to us with that. Um, so Michael Sherwin is headed back down to Miami. Ooh, just in time, because there were a lot of arrests over the weekend, mostly in Miami Beach, thanks to Governor Death Sentence, who opened the state with no restrictions because um, I don't know why, because he thinks we're all impervious to uh, the COVID. Well, thankfully, I'm two days away from getting my second Moderna vaccine. Wednesday, I go in and get my second shot. I only wish I had gotten it two weeks ago because, frankly, there's stuff that I really could be doing, should be doing, and can't do because I'm not irresponsible. Have you seen any of the pictures out of Miami Beach? It is terrifying. And when I say terrifying, I mean 
terrifying. There are thousands of people out um, uh, like like the biggest rock festival you've ever been at. No masks, no social distancing, no no um, no daylight between people whether day or night. Um, Mayor Dan Gelber is a mayor of Miami Beach. He's been on this program before. He's an old, friendly acquaintance of mine. And so um, I think this was this morning, Dan Gelber talking about the curfew. There's now a curfew. So spring break is full on, especially in, in South Beach, because it's like the only game in town or in the country. And so they, they uh, put the city on curfew this weekend after arrests and and then then um i gotta tell you this so there's breaking news lovely two men from north carolina i hope you're sitting down for this uh they're visiting south beach they've been arrested this just broke an hour or two ago arrested and accused of drugging and raping a woman who later died in her hotel room these two men one is 21 years old one is 24 They're also accused of stealing the woman's credit cards to spend money on their trip in South Beach. Investigators are trying to determine whether the woman died of an overdose, possibly from a pill these idiots supplied. The Miami-Dade Medical Examiner's Office said today that they're conducting further tests. No cause of death has been determined. The arrests come as Miami Beach police and city officials have been grappling with the overwhelming spring break crowds, instituting an 8 p.m. curfew aimed at cracking down on rowdy revelers on the streets in recent weeks. South Beach has seen brawls, crowd stampedes, and police confrontations involving the use of pepper balls. Here's Mayor Dan Gelber. You know, our city is one of the few uh, destinations that are open nationally. Most other places are closed. Most other places uh, might be too cold or both. So we're getting an enormous amount of people here, more than we can handle. Too many are coming Uh, really without uh, the intention of following the rules. Uh, And the result has been a level of of chaos and disorder that is just uh, something more than we can endure. It's gotten worse every single day. So we are, uh, we declare an 8 p.m. curfew. We've also, we'll be closing our causeways other than to local traffic coming into our our island city at 9 p.m. every uh, every night for the next few nights. We just needed to do it uh, as a safety measure And of course, we're in the middle of a pandemic, which makes things even more challenging. You think? So that's Dan Gelber, who's beside himself. I've seen him on some local news programs on CNN. Um, And thankfully, the the whole county commission and the city commission and whoever needs to came together and said, yes, we're closing the causeways. So because Miami Beach is an island, it's a barrier island. So you need to go on the bridge over, you know, on the causeway over to Miami Beach. They've shut that down. Only residents and I guess people who can show they're actually staying at a hotel there can get in. But um, what a mess. And what's happening with the covid well, the um, <clears throat> the instances of the vaccines are rising and and health officials are warning that we are probably looking at another surge. Europe is already in one and there are lockdowns happening again. We're doing well with the vaccines. And yet, you know, here we are. I, I, I you know, it's the old um <laughs> 
as Bruce Springsteen put in a song, one step up and two steps back. Now, honestly, I understand slow progress. If we were progressing slowly, it would be two steps up and one step back. That way, at least there's still some forward momentum. But when it's one step up and two steps back, you're moving backwards. So, um, yeah, we need to uh, we need to do something. And I don't know what the answer is. When when we talk with Katie Hobbs, the secretary of state of Arizona, I, you know, I'll ask her not only about the election stuff, which is really the main reason I want to talk to her, but also about um, uh, what's happening with with COVID in her state. How is the vaccine program going? Because each state is different now. You know, Arizona also has a Republican governor, Ducey, who's not much better than death sentence. But at least Ducey, when they came down to time to counting the votes, said, no, we're going to we're going to count the votes. I think we'll, we'll get all that. We'll, we'll get all that. All right. We're going to take a quick time out uh, and take care of some business before Katie Hobbs gets here. So progressive voices, if you can even hear me, we'll be right back. <laughs> and uh, we'll see if that worked. Did that work? I don't know. Uh, does it doesn't look like it went, but you know, I can never tell anymore with, uh, with this equipment. I have no idea. So, um, you know, spit and bubble gum, isn't it? No, it, it doesn't look like it, it went. Oh, I see why it didn't go. Oh man. You know, you can't take me anywhere. Hold on one second. I, 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 I keep screwing up and it's a Monday. I shouldn't be screwing up yet. All right. Let me just try this one more time. See if we can't get to a break over there. Do that and that. And did it work? Yes. Okay. So Progressive Voices is in a break. Um, while they're in a break, we'll do, uh, we'll do a fun, you know, parody song because it'll give me some breathing time and <laughs> time to get ready for Katie Hobbs. I, I wish I knew what the, what the issue was. I did all the right things this weekend. I'm just I'm beyond, uh, beyond help. I think I need a vacation, everybody. Um, Right now, we'll just take a little mini vacation and um, check out, uh, let's see, over here and here. Um, you know what? Let's listen to a, uh, this is a, this is a, um, a, a group that we don't know, that, uh, the Burnett family doing Better Get Your Vaccine, everybody. I'm at the bottom of the list. Wait my turn, I won't complain I'm not worried about pain Better get your vaccine, don't be a multiplier Get a shot in the arm so those numbers don't get higher Go down, 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 coronavirus 
another family. Yeah. We like it when uh, these families come. The the Burnett family. You can uh, find them, of course, on the um, YouTubes. All right. Uh, We should be hearing from from Katie Hobbs, who is the Secretary of State of uh, Arizona, any minute now. Oh, I need to bring... um, Progressive Voices back from the break. Uh, I understand that they are. We are streaming on Progressive Voices, but they're something like six or seven minutes behind us. You know, shit happens. I guess. Um, what I wanted to play for you though is something that you may have seen. I hope it doesn't give you any like post-traumatic stress or anything like that. But back. On November, and welcome back to ah, the news at eight hold o'clock. On. We are safe. wait. Let me uh, let me pause that for just a moment. On November fourth, which was the day after Election Day, I want to I want to play for you a video, which is local news coverage from Arizona, from the Phoenix area, from November fourth. This was the day after Election Day, as you know, the counting is ostensibly going on as they were supposed to be counting ballots. Do you remember what was going on in the Phoenix area? It got really ugly. Well, here, we'll, we'll go to, through a, a little trip in the in the time machine. Hey, welcome back to the we news go. at 8 o'clock. We are staying on top of breaking news just outside of the Maricopa County Recorder's Office. We've got team coverage from you for you tonight from the scene in downtown Phoenix. Brianna kicks us off. And Brianna, oh, you're outside now. I was going to ask you, how are the folks inside reacting to what's happening outside? Yeah, yeah, so wow. walked out the doors of the Maricopa County Election Center to come out to a crowd looking like this. It is dozens of people that have gathered or regathered, I should say, here outside the Election Center. Um, it's been rowdy, nothing violent, but a lot of profanities being yelled, a lot of people yelling for Trump. They support him, but also yelling fake news and yelling about uh, Sharpie Gate that we've been talking about the whole time. A lot of people asking where their ballots went. Of course, they now see us doing a live shot, so they're not. tape here on the bottom of the stairs, the cement stairs, that would take you up to the election center. We're monitoring the door so none of them get in. But that has angered a lot of the people out here for this rally. They feel like they should have equal access to the county election center like the media does. So I don't know how long they're going to be out here. The good news is nothing is violent. Some people are just saying, hey, we want to know what's happening. We're excited for this election. We support Trump. And they want to have some answers from Adrian Fontes. Um, We have not seen him on the premises here tonight. So it's really changed. It's really started when just a couple members of the AZ Patriots group walked into the county election center earlier today. um, And it's really escalated when they met other people at the Arizona State Capitol. So it looks like they're taking a knee now. I'm not really sure what's going on. But Kim Powell is down on the ground just behind me. She's got a better view of what's going on from the ground. So Kim, can you tell us what you're seeing from over there? And it's not very, it's not a very big crowd, but boy, they were loud, huh? Very thankful for giving us the United States of America. Yeah, uh, just kind of echo uh, what you said, but I'll be sure to uh, keep this brief as it is a little bit more hostile down here. We have some people that are kind of uh, targeting us, and and they're able to um, 
apologize for that. Uh, they're uh, coming up to us, you know, shouting fake news. We've had a couple people uh, tell us that that we're disgusting, and I'll take a step to the side. It sounds like someone is speaking right now, and they are all uh, taking a knee. Um, but again, as you were saying, that they're asking people to, um, to they're asking to be let into the elections department, and they are asking to speak with Adrian Fontes, and they are saying That's that they're the register or the so recorder, chance, the county recorder, uh, such as let us in for more years and count the vote. So for now, uh, I'll send it back to you guys uh, in the studio. Is, uh... So that is what went on. That's what was happening in Phoenix. And it wasn't only November 4th. This went on for days and the crowds got bigger and a little more, you know, she said they're, they're not violent or anything. Well, that got they got scarier. Let's put it that way. So um, I am curious to know how the... Um, the Secretary of State's office is dealing with this, um, especially at a time when now, not only in Arizona, but all around the nation, state legislatures are pushing through these these bills, these these voter suppression bills. Now, if you've been listening to progressive talk radio for any amount of time, whether it's my show or Tom Hartman's or anybody else's, you have definitely heard um, from Paul Weirich. This 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 clip that I'm about to play for you uh, goes back to uh, the 1980s. Uh, I think it was actually 1980 itself. And Paul Weirich, he was you know, he was the guy who helped to found Alec and a number of these other right wing groups. Again, 1980 is when he said this. Whoops. This. Now, many of our Christians have what I call the goo goo syndrome good government. They want everybody to vote. I don't want everybody to vote. Elections are not won by a majority of people. They never have been from the beginning of our country, and they are not now. As a matter of fact, our leverage in the elections quite candidly goes up as the voting populace goes down. You've heard that. You've heard that ad nauseum. And the thing is, that has been the Republican playbook for Decades. That was 1980. And that's been their game plan. So it may have taken 50 years, 40 years, um, but but they're getting their wish. They don't want everyone to vote. That's the thing we need to keep in mind, especially now as we look at this legislation that's working its way through state houses around the country. And again, um, uh, from the best I can glean, it's 43 states there are now 253 bills with provisions that restrict voting access in 43 states it's one of the reasons i want to talk to our guest today um she's the secretary of state of arizona her name is katie hobbs secretary hobbs thank you so much for joining us today it's a pleasure to meet you hi thanks for having me oh i I really appreciate you coming on and I'm not sure if you know, um, <laughs> uh, to get this out of the way at the, the beginning, I've been following you for a while, mostly because, number one, I was impressed with how you handled all the events surrounding the craziness around Election Day. But you're also Christine's boss. And Christine, who works in your office, um, is Max Sloan, my, my stepson's significant other. So we've got a little familial collection connection here. 
Well, we love Christine. She's fantastic. Right. Uh, and I have not yet met her in person, and I'm embarrassed to say, but it's COVID time. So, uh, yeah. you know, we're in Florida. So, I, uh, you know, one of these days we will we will meet, hopefully when it's safe to travel again. So I'm, I'm glad she works for you. We were thrilled when we learned that, you know, she was in good company there. So I just played a video. Um, Secretary Hobbs, from November 4th. It was actually the scene outside the county recorder's office the the night after election night when they were either protesting to count the votes or to stop counting the votes. And I don't think they even knew what they wanted. Did they know? Well, you know, it's it's hard to tell. And I, I said multiple times publicly, you know, I'm not sure what their objective is being here protesting because obviously we're going to count all the votes. We're legally obligated to do that. And so, um, and, and quite honestly, them being there was actually providing some hindrance to the folks uh, getting their job done. Of course. Right. And so, you know, I've been involved in the, you know, as a political watcher for years Um, and back in, I want to say the 2004 election, there were some concerns about shenanigans at the polling places. Um, And so many of us, myself included, signed on to be poll watchers. And so went through the training. So I knew what that entailed. And each polling place, there are specific guidelines as to who can be a poll watcher. Yes, you've got to be appointed by the party. You've got to be go through training. You've got you've got to have credentials. You don't just show up at the polling place and say, I'm here to observe. Um, Did any of those people get the memo? Um, apparently not. I mean, the, like people were actually demanding to be let in when there were already credentialed observers in there who were there on behalf of the party chair and the party chair, the GOP party chair was one of the people making all these allegations that observers weren't being allowed in. Um, and obviously uh, in this election year, we had a little bit more restriction around the number of people who could be in any area but um but that didn't that did not um exclude um any legally authorized poll observers to be there um and so um so anywhere that they're allowed in statute they were they were there and um and so you know it was a lot of i think just a lot of um intentional misdirection to make it look like things were not um above board as they as they were Right. And they were. That's the thing. There were credentialed poll watchers, as there always are. They made it sound like, oh, the counting is done in the under cover deep at night, which some of it was done at night because they were counting around the clock to try to get it done. But it was by no means clandestine or secretive. It was following the procedures that are laid out in the law. Right. Yes. And also, a lot of people don't know this, but in addition to having credentialed poll observers and observers in the tabulation centers, um, the, the every tabulation center in Arizona, so every county's counting room, is live streamed on video. And huh. so you could go to any county's election website, find that live stream and watch the process as it's happening. Anyone in the world with access to the Internet could do that. Wow. OK, so that that further debunks the story that they were pushing Um, which couldn't be any further from the truth. They weren't locked out from watching the counting. They were kept out of the room for a a, a number of reasons, most notably right now, COVID. Hello. Um, But but also even not if not for COVID, they still wouldn't have been allowed in unless they were credentialed and it was, you know, cleared in advance the way that it's always done. Right. 
Right. I mean, even without COVID, the number of people in there is limited because it's a distraction otherwise. And there's, there are, there are going to be space limitations and there's um, statutes and rules and procedures around the security and access to the, to the facility. And so it's always going to be limited. We can't just let everyone in there. Right. So that said, put, putting aside the, the counting stuff, which again, you guys followed the rules and there were Republican poll watchers in place as there yeah. always are. Um, so the stuff that there's, these are people, these are the low information voters, the ones who, and I always say they're the most dangerous people, the ones who have just a little bit of information and think that with that, they know everything and they know more than you, in your case, you know, Secretary of State, because they have a little bit of information. So, um, but how how was 2020 in terms of voting in Arizona? Was, uh, like in the nation, the highest turnout ever, were those numbers uh, the same in Arizona? Yes, absolutely. I mean, in my office, we've been celebrating the, first of all, the very successful election. And I don't mean successful in terms of outcome. Right. As uh, as an election officer, I'm concerned about the integrity of the process. And I can 100% say that the process that we, um, that we had in Arizona was um, by statute and by the book, and we did everything the way it's supposed to happen. And it was a phenomenally successful election, not just the general in November, but the two preceding elections in March and August. Um, so so that we're celebrating that for sure. And that is not just our office, but a testament to the election workers across the state. Um, but yes, we did have record turnout. And I think in our democracy, that is always something that should be celebrated. And, um, you know, what we're seeing instead is uh, uh, a blatant attempts to to roll that back, which, um, you know, I'm sure is what you're getting to. Yes. And so, uh, you know, so in Arizona and around the country, not only did we have record turnouts, but as we learned from, well, an official who's now gone, the one who was in charge of making sure that everything ran smoothly, this was the least problematic election we've had in a long time either and i say that the reason for that is simple because they were they were paper ballots filled out by hand counted in many cases by hand or at least um you know scanned and then recounted as was the case in georgia three times where they found no problems at all i've been pushing for years for hand-marked, hand-counted paper ballots because there's no software screw-ups possible. Do you agree with that, or, or are you okay with the electronic voting machines? Well, I don't think it's feasible to actually hand count every ballot. I mean, and and but I will tell you that there are many safeguards around the equipment. So uh-huh. and this part part of the big lie, right? People telling how the equipment isn't secure, and that is absolutely false. And we do logic and accuracy tests on um, for every county uh, before every election. And then the counties also conduct a post-election logic and accuracy test to prove that the equipment is functioning the way that it's supposed to. Um, and there is no internet connectivity of these right. machines or anything like that. And so so it is secure and we take great steps to ensure that that happens um, because it, it really, it's, it's, it's not feasible to count millions of ballots by hand, um, but we can make sure that we are um, securing the equipment and that the equipment is doing its job. Um, and, and that's, that's what we do. 
And then no. and when you do um, audits or, you know, uh, just just checks along the way, when they when it comes out that the numbers jibe, you got to go, OK, so this is working. Right. So you don't have to hand count every ballot, but you do, you know, audits and, and stuff. And, and in Georgia, they did, I believe, two or three hand recounts and found no problems. So, Katie Hobbs, you are the Democratic Secretary of State in Arizona. Are you the only um, executive level uh, official in Arizona who's a Democrat? I know Arizona now has two Democratic senators, which is an interesting development. How about on the state level? So in 2018, when I was elected, um, along with Kirsten Cinema to the U.S. Senate, we also elected Kathy Hoffman um, as the superintendent of public instruction. Mm. Um, and then we added a Democrat to the Corporation Commission. So um, so she was uh, a lone soldier there um, from 2018 to 20. And then another Democrat was elected to the CorpCom um, this last election. So there's um, four of us uh, in statewide office, and then if you count the two U.S. senators, uh, six. So, you, but you still have the the Republican governor and lieutenant governor. When are they up for um, uh, to be challenged? <laughs> Let me put it that way. Uh, just to clarify, Arizona does not have a lieutenant governor, oh, so you don't? I am next in oh. line. I'm oh. basically the de facto. Um, I mean, we don't. We just don't have that in our constitution. Gotcha. So all of our statewide offices, um, with the exception of the five corporation commission seats, uh, two of those will be up in the 2022 election. Okay, so so secretary of state is a big job. And I guess it differs. You know, if you look at uh, the federal secretary of state, we're talking about international relations, diplomacy. But the state secretaries of state, number one, do oversee elections. I don't, is that the case in every state that that that's the uh, priority? That's a, a responsibility of secretary of state. No, a couple states. Um, I'm thinking North Carolina and Illinois have an independently, or uh, well, I don't know if it's independently, but they, um, uh, election um, administrators that are appointed in one way or another by the governor or the. Um, uh, uh, legislature. Um, and so their secretaries of state do not oversee elections. And then not every secretary is elected either. Um, in Pennsylvania, there are secretaries appointed, but does oversee elections. You know, in Georgia, because Georgia was in the spotlight, much as Arizona was during this election cycle, the secretary of state Rappensperger, I believe was his name, is a Republican, as is the, 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 uh, the, uh, governor, Brian Kemp, uh, who is, you know, way out there. Um, but they both sort of did the right thing when it came to this election. They were saying, let, you know, we did our job. This election is valid. These votes are real. They did the recount. They recounted again. But they're both still Republicans. Well, today, the former guy just endorsed some talk show host, uh, congressman or something to to run against Raffensperger to be the new secretary of state in uh, in Georgia. So no good deed goes unpunished, I guess. Katie Hobbs in Arizona, have you decided what you're doing? Are you running for re-election or maybe um, I know I know a former Arizona secretary of state was Jan Brewer and she went on to become governor. Any any chance you might run for higher office? Uh, well, Jan Brewer did not run for that. Oh, seat. she was appointed. She she, right. Yeah. Well, she succeeded because Napolitano went to Homeland Security under oh, so Obama. She was next so. in line as you're next in line. I yeah. see. Yeah. I have not publicly uh, announced my plans for the 2022 election. OK, so so uh, you're still considering all your options, I guess. 
Okay, that works. So, so right now, Arizona and Arizona is not unique. All around the country, states are uh, that are in legislative session. I'm in Florida. It's happening here. Um, where the legislators are introducing all of these voter suppression bills. Interestingly enough, at a time when Congress is hoping to pass, you know, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, trying to pass real voting election reform by way of HB1 and now SB1. Um, and yet in these state houses, the 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 horrible legislation that's being pushed through to curtail mail-in voting, to curtail um, uh, you know, drop boxes, everything that worked in November, they want to do away with. And this was interesting. Um, I just found this. Um, uh, Arizona leads the nation in proposed voter suppression legislation with 24 restrictive bills. Pennsylvania is in second place with 14 right now. So are you up to speed on what these bills are that are working their way through the legislature? Um, I mean, I couldn't cite all the provisions of all of them, but sure. we're, we, we, in terms of what we're concerned about and what we're keeping our eyes on, yeah, um, we're, we're very well aware of this legislation. So, uh, and what's happened? I mean, are you, are you in danger? In Florida, for instance, there are many more registered Democrats than there are Republicans, but the, the, the Republicans run everything on the state level. They, they control the House. They control the Senate. They control the executive branch. The only Democrat in the statewide, uh, you know, in the executive offices is Nikki Freed, who is the agriculture secretary, um, who's probably going to run for governor. But frankly, I don't know. You know, she's the agriculture secretary. We are at a disadvantage because, the, frankly, the Florida Democratic Party kind of sucks. Um, in Arizona, how is it looking? What's the what's the breakdown like in the legislature there? Are they going to be able to do this? Um, I mean, Republicans have the majority. And the, the thing is right now is that they have the slimmest majorities that they've had in decades. The House split is 31-29 and the Senate is 16-14. Oh, wow. Um, and with even given that, um, I think that's an indicator that Arizona is continuing. Um, you know, we're going to continue to be a swing state. And I've never seen the level of extreme proposals that we're seeing this year. Um, voter suppression legislation in Arizona is not new, but the number of bills, um, the number of legislators who are, um, you know, pretending to be election experts um, is just really unprecedented. And, um, and, and, and I think without a federal floor in terms of voting access, we're continuing to see the Voting Rights Act um, chipped away at um that that um that this is really dangerous in terms of voting rights not just in arizona but across the country it really is and and again you you just came into the zoom room as i was playing that paul weirich clip that Mm -hmm. uh, you know i've gone to over the year i've been doing this for a long time i keep playing that clip to show that republicans are very disciplined in this in this sense, in that they play the long game for since 1980, they've known they don't. And and somebody even just said it the other day in in terms of and I wish I could remember who it was. It's it's old age brain fade coming on, um, but said, you know, the, the, the Democrats are willing to risk fraud to let everybody vote. But the Republicans, we'd rather not everybody not vote. So there will be no fraud. Well, 
it's a it's a flawed premise because right. it, there is no voter fraud. Your secretary right. of state of Arizona, Katie Hobbs, have you seen any instances? How many instances of voter fraud have you found in your state since you've been in office? None. Um, I mean, I'm certain that there have been um, isolated incidents that have been reported to the attorney general's office. They're being investigated by the election integrity unit, but nothing at the level that would, um, you know, overturn uh, an election in our state. And I'm glad you brought up that quote because that was an Arizona legislator, John Kavanaugh. Right. And, you know, it is a false premise. We do not have to make the choice between election security and voter access, because what we saw in the 2020 election proved that we can have both. Um, And so, you know, this has been a favorite claim that they've made over the last many years as they've chipped away at at voter access. Um, And and we don't have to make that choice. We have both. Exactly. And that's why it's so imperative. I mean, the Congress now barely in in Democratic control is trying to get this this bill, HB1 and SB1 passed, um, unfortunately, with the filibuster in place where they they make it so you need 60 votes to open or close debate on any bill to go to an actual vote, that's going to be impossible. And one of one of the um, barriers to filibuster reform is Kirsten Cinema. Now, I remember Kirsten Cinema when she was a state senator because she used to go on Keith Olbermann's countdown on MSNBC all the time. So that's where I first learned of her. And I thought, oh, she's this young, progressive go-getter. And it seems like the 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 better job she got, the more uh, anti-democratic she became. I'm not going to ask you to criticize her. I'll do that for us. Um, she's just horrible. She might be. And for years, I I called out Joe Manchin as being the worst Democrat in the Senate. These days, I, Kirsten Sinema might get that prize from me. How do you deal with a, a senator like that who's, who seems to be going against the best interests of the people? Well, look, you brought up a, a few minutes ago playing the long game. And mm-hmm. I, and what I you know about Senator Sinema is that she does that. Um, she is doing the job that she was elected to do. I think the, the way that she sees fit to do that. Um, and I'm not going to I'm not going to comment on how she's doing her job. I think that she has reasons for what she's doing. And certainly constituents can contact her with concerns. Mm-hmm. Um they, and and she has a great constituent office um, to to talk to those folks. Um, I I do think she has reasons for what she's doing. I'm not defending her. I don't know what those reasons are, but um, but we are both elected to serve Arizona, and I'm doing that the best I can. And I I, I have to say that I think she is too. Okay, I I hear you, and I don't want to put you in a bad situation in a bad position to to criticize her. That's why I said I'll do it, and I do it all the time. So it's not just because you're here. I I'm frankly incensed at her. The way she voted no on the fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage. Um, made me want to move to Arizona just to vote against her. In case you missed it, she did the thumbs down and a little cutesy curtsy wearing her little uh, Catholic school outfit. She's just inappropriate on every front. So that's me. Um, Mark Kelly now is is now the junior senator from Arizona. And to be honest, I was I was a little nervous because I know that Gabrielle Giffords was kind of a blue dog. She wasn't the most progressive. And I come from a place. I'm a very progressive uh 
person. I, I was a Bernie Sanders supporter. I want to see the Green New Deal implemented. So I, I, I come from a place to the left of center. Um, but Mark Kelly has so far been playing ball. He seems like he's he wants to make progress, which is, I think, what we all want. So, uh, so far, so good? I think so, yeah. Well, I've got you here. Again, we're speaking with Katie Hobbs. She's the Secretary of State of Arizona. How are things going there with COVID? How is your vaccine rollout going? Again, this is another thing because uh, the way it was set up, it's left to the individual states to figure out how to distribute the vaccines, who's going to get them, when they're going to get them. It's been a mess here in Florida. How are things going in Arizona? Well, they seem to be smoothing out, and there seems to be hope that very soon everybody who wants a vaccine will be able to get one. Um, That being said, I, I have been a little bit frustrated. We had a year we knew a year ago that how we were going to part of how we were going to get out of this was making sure that people had access to vaccines. We didn't know when those vaccines were coming. We sure had a year to build a plan of how people would get those vaccines. Mm-hmm. And the plan here keeps changing. So we had different categories of access based on um, different criteria. If you were a frontline worker, if you had certain disabilities and they've thrown all of that out the window. So like my brother-in-law who is late forties, um, should have been in one C, which was like a certain category of health condition. And then he kept getting bumped because they just threw away all those categories and just went to straight age based. Huh. Well, now today, um, and as a mother of two young adults, um, they announced that um, up uh, uh, 16 and up would be able to start signing up on Wednesday. So really? I'm very excited about that. But um, but I'm also skeptical because the sign up platform is kind of very difficult to navigate. Now I have a lot more confidence in my 19 and 22 year old to be able to navigate that than I did my 81 year old and 74 year old mom. Um, so, you know, hopefully, I mean, there, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I I'm glad the vaccines are here because it does seem that, um, it, Without the vaccine, our governor had kind of washed his hands of everything and wasn't going to take any more steps to help mitigate. So, and what's he doing now? Is he, what's the attitude that Doug Ducey is taking? I mean, um, again, in 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 Georgia, the two Republican Secretary of State and Governor, you know, did the right thing around the election and counting the votes, but then they both said, "Well, we're Trump supporters," we're, you know, and and they're backing this backward thinking, uh, all these bills that are being introduced to, to suppress the vote. Uh, how's Ducey doing? Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what the governor's going to do on these bills. Should they make it to his desk? Um, it, it, he's not necessarily forthcoming on his positions. I will say that, um, he did the right thing, um, in the election. He did what he was required to do by law and certified the results. Um, And in terms of access to funding, his office was a good partner with our office. Our legislature actually blocked the federal CARES Act dollars from getting to our office for election administration. Um, And he came forward. Um, So, you know, we've been able to work with him on some issues. Um, I, you know, we have been over and over and over again defending the integrity of Arizona's vote by mail system, which that would have the most devastating impact if some some of these bills passed. He has also publicly defended it um, with the president, the former president in the room. And I just hope he continues to do the right thing. And we'll we'll see what happens when when he gets these bills. 
I hope so, too. Uh, we're coming to the end of the hour. Katie Hobbs, it's been such a pleasure to speak with you. I, I really appreciate your time. Um, in the last moment or so, do you have any thoughts on how Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are doing in their first 60 days? Well, I, you know, I, I certainly didn't think there would be magic wands and that everything would be better. But I do feel hopeful that we have a grown up in charge um, of the of the pandemic response of I mean, I think that some states flailed because of lack of federal response and and, and that federal response is incredibly important. Um, we are getting vaccines where they need to be, um, which there was no plan to do that before. So certainly um, we are seeing progress there. And there is I think people are more optimistic than we've been in a long time, that there's a light at the end of the tunnel with the with the pandemic. Um, but we, we also have a lot of other issues um, that we need to deal with economic recovery from the pandemic. This American Rescue Plan is the most progressive legislation we've seen in decades um, in terms of that. And so um, I'm, I'm very hopeful. Great. I, I am too. So <laughs> we're on the same page there. Katie Hobbs, Secretary of State of Arizona, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us and for the job you're doing there. It's encouraging to see Arizona trending blue. I've got one of my closest friends from L.A. is moving to Arizona. So, um, you know, more blue people coming. So, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see what you wind up doing in 2022. Thank you so much. It was great to meet you. Thank you. All right. You take care. Bye-bye. And uh, with that, we're done.